Welcome to life, bringing you insight and experiences into love, relationships, and fertility with a focus on enjoying life and moving forward. On today's podcast, we'll be speaking about the impact fertility has on the partner. Two partners with different experiences share their thoughts and feelings about their fertility journeys, how they coped, and hindsight. Hi, I'm Lori, and welcome to life. Today, we're very fortunate to have two men brave enough to share some of their thoughts and feelings about their fertility journeys. With full disclosure, there were many long pauses while we were taping due to the sensitivity and contemplation in the dialogue. In an effort to reduce the silences, pauses were eliminated in their conversation and mine, allowing us to present this to you in a more cohesive manner. We hope this podcast helps partners recognize the vital part they have and experience. These gentlemen will remain anonymous as we discuss the physical, emotional, and financial impact of their fertility journeys. One had a five-year journey, now having a nine-month-old, and the other now pregnant. I so appreciate your willingness to share your journeys with us. Would you like to start? Yeah, um, we, we started about five years ago. Um, my girlfriend had a couple of miscarriages and um, we went on and met with a fertility doctor and um, didn't really like that doctor so much and moved on to another facility. And um, from there we did six IVFs and then we followed that up with two mini IVFs. And um, it was just a, you know, a long process that we didn't really discuss with a lot of um, friends or family. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's something that we should have uh, talked more about with people. You know, it's funny because in hindsight, we so ma- see so many different things, right? We were talking that before, and we understand that maybe we shouldn't keep things private. Maybe we feel like we're keeping a secret. And sometimes it's self-protection. Sometimes it's feeling insecure about how you are physically. But you've mentioned so many different things in just what you said in terms of the search for medical and finding the right comfortable fit for a doctor and for the facility that you go to and spending that many years and that many, um, many hours just trying to understand and figure out what the next step should be. And so your journey was very, very long. But the one thing it sounds like you really needed was some more support. Yeah, I think um, we, we didn't have support. We felt isolated. Um, I know my girlfriend constantly would bring up that, you know, I wish we knew more people that were in our position. Right. Yes. And it is very isolating when you don't talk about it. And that's why sometimes the support group could be so helpful. Do you want to tell a little bit about yourself? Yeah. Um, so my wife and I, um, shortly after we got married, um, uh, she got off birth control and we thought that we would just sort of take our time with, um, conceiving naturally. And after about a year with no success, she actually did get pregnant, but, uh, miscarried. And I think after that, I had the approach that it would eventually come, but that was sort of a, um, an awakening that this is a, um, you know, th- this is a potentially difficult process and, and something that um, 
doesn't come so naturally and easy for everyone. And uh, shortly after that miscarriage, we we did a couple of rounds of IUI and then two rounds of IVF. Um, but in the midst of the, the, the first round of IVF, actually, uh, the day of the transfer, um, my best friend was tragically killed um, in an accident. And so that sort of put a dark cloud over everything. But, but the silver lining in that was that we did get a lot of support from a lot of people. Um, right, and that was a devastating time. Y- yes. So, you know, to have, to have life just go on and other things going on around you, that could be devastating and hurtful while you're going through this. It's a lot of mourning that you went through. Yes, uh, it was. Yeah, yeah. And so I think both of you can relate to that because each time you go through a cycle and it doesn't work, there's a mourning there, and sometimes we don't think about it that way. And then I don't know, I hear some men feeling like, and they use the word helpless in many ways and trying to find their place because you're going through it also. I tried to support my girlfriend as best I could because it was a, a bit of a roller coaster, um, you know, us doing it so many times. There was, you know, did did we get enough eggs? Did they fertilize? Did they? And it was a, a lot of tempering our expectations and our excitement and disappointment to try and make it not too many peaks and valleys through the whole process. So what did you do not to have that? Just trying to to read up on other people going through it, what to mm-hmm. what to expect. A um, lot of research. Yeah, to know that, you know, it doesn't always work the first time or you may not get enough eggs the first time. You may not, you know, they may not the transfer may not work. The you know, there's a lot that goes into the whole process and you know, the first few times you do it, you're really unaware of all that. Right, you be, you've become an expert. Yeah. You have. I think anybody could stop you on the street and ask you a question and you would know the answer at this point. Probably. I think so. But the support piece, how did you feel that you were being supported or did you feel like you had any support at all? Because you're busy supporting your girlfriend. Yeah, um, I. that's why I had mentioned we probably would have been better talking to some other people openly and discussing that we were going through this. So what do you do with that? Or how do you cope with that? Because so many men don't talk about it. And here he just said that this tragedy that they went through allowed him to get the support he needed where people didn't even know they were going through IVF. The focus was really on the loss of a significant person. So you had that support. Yeah, um, I, I would say that with the um, uh, with our our miscarriage, um, uh, we had spoken to some close friends and family, and they had um, told us that they went through the same thing, and we had never heard, you know, otherwise. I mean, something that they kept to themselves, and we felt like, okay, there is a network out there, even among our sort of close family and friends who have dealt with this type of loss. And shortly after that miscarriage was when we went the route of IUI and IVF. And fortunately, my wife had a, a close friend who had done IVF successfully. And so that was a sort of very important support system for her. And it, his, her, her husband is a close friend of mine as well. So 
that was an outlet for both of us um, mm -hmm. to have that support. But then um, I, I think with the accident that I mentioned, it was there were two things that came from that. Uh, one was a perspective of, you know, in that death, that's that's something that was final. But at least, you know, this IVF and the other routes, this is something that we could continue to work for. And we knew that we wanted to, you know, we wanted to have a baby and um, we were willing to sort of do any, anything necessary to get that. So what do you do <laughs> as the partner when the woman who's trying to get pregnant is feeling out of control, out of sorts, taking injections, trying to figure out the medication? What, what goes through your mind when you see all of this? Are you involved in it? Are you not involved? Different women have different ways of handling things. Some will take care of something by themselves and not get the partner involved. And other people, they, they make it into a team effort and they feel like they're going through it and they want their partner to be right there with them going through it also. Some women can give themselves injections. Some women cannot. So where does that leave you? I think we, we kind of did it as a team effort. Um, mm -hmm. We were, or I was involved with almost all the injections except for, you know, the random times where I was away on business or, you know, she worked late and had to do them at her office, um, you know, all of which were pretty stressful for both of us, I think, because we had done them together every time. So those times apart were were extra stressful. But um, And so what did you do with that stress? I mean, you know, we don't really ever talk about what the man does to kind of take a deep breath and just be able to relax through the situation. A lot of women will say, well, they can go out with their friends and have a drink. I can't do that. Or go out and, you know, spend overnight someplace and not worry about medication. So a lot of women will say, well, they, their partner can separate and, and have that mental health break. But do you ever have that, or do you feel like you can get that while you're going through this? Um, I thought I was concerned about her when, when I wasn't there or when... Mm -hmm when maybe she was working late and had to give her the injections herself. So I don't think that I ever really separated that. So how did you relax? How did you just unwind a little bit? How did you spend your evenings when you would do that and she was working late? Um, I don't know that I did relax that much. I don't it. know that, that people do, but I think the perception is that, oh, the man can relax. And that's that's the beauty of having this conversation is to let people know that men are going through this also and they're taking this in and they don't know what to do how do you support this person you love who's trying to help you to have the family you want like what is it that you do and how do you cope with it and so I'm so sorry if it sounded like I was putting on your spot that wasn't my goal at all because you know I don't want to put you on the spot but what I'm trying to to show is that everybody's going through this and nobody is talking about it. And I think this is not necessarily the best thing to put out there this bluntly, but men do not express their emotions the way women do. And I think that maybe there's a little fear of expressing it related to fertility because you're not, you know, the person who's carrying or trying to carry the child. So maybe you feel like you can't express it quite as much. Is that part of this? What do you think? Um, I, I think... I keep going back to sort of the the miscarriage, but I thought that right after that it was it was obviously an, an emotional period for both of us. But I felt like there was a very physical part that my wife felt that I couldn't, and in that sense, 
a little bit helpless in trying to support her. But once we got into sort of the IUI and, and specifically the IVF, I, I feel like we both sort of took the approach where we we kind of compartmentalize that, that the, the shots, and that, that is a process for a means to an end. And we tried to sort of, it, it, it was, of course, a <laughs> an unusual thing to take a shot every night and, 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 and stick it in her. And it's something we did together, but it was just a process for us. So that was just a means to an end. Did you find it interfered with day-to-day -day life? <laughs> no, but it's just, um, you know, you, we, we did have it sort of, uh, every night at the same time, okay, it's time for the shot. Let's go up to the bedroom, right. come back down and watch an episode of Seinfeld. Or, I mean, that was... Uh, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So it, it was like a little bit of a routine, but it didn't necessarily interfere with going out or doing things in life. No, not, not, not really so much. I mean, I think we, we, we naturally sort of built our schedule around that. But um, So do you think it was different the first time you did this in the fourth or fifth or sixth? Can you remember? I, yeah, it's hard to remember uh, the first time. Um, we did it for so long that it, it became like a big part of our life, you know. Right, right. But they were fortunate enough not to have it for quite that long. So it became like, okay, it's a means to an end, which is a great way to put it. And so it was a very highly intellectualized way of dealing with this, with the shots. If you remember back to the first time, was there the same kind of routine and you, know, you kind of know what to expect at that point after so many rounds? Because you had mentioned earlier that it just became life. It just, you know, your life revolved around it at this point. Yeah, I mean, it was like constantly going to the, to the pharmacy to get more needles or more drugs and more, you know, it was, it was very involved because of how long we had done it. Um, I think maybe the first one, um, probably, you know, because it was new, it was probably more like, you know, you had said that it was a, a means to an end, but, um, because it didn't work out for us, um, it became, you know, our life. Right. It did. It became a little bit of a waiting game and a revolving door in many ways. And what happens is in the two of you experience this in different ways, you wind up going to different medical facilities, talking to different people, becoming expert, doing a lot of research, looking into like things that you never really looked into before, right? You're looking, you're learning all about medical, you're learning all about what it's like to have to go to the doctor constantly. What do you do when your partner's going to the hospital all the time or to the doctor all the time and you're not there because you don't need to go for the blood work every day? You don't need to like, and it wouldn't make sense for you to go every day, right? So how do you determine when you go and when you don't go? That, that's a good question. I mean, I, I would say that um, for, for my wife, if I look back on it, just given everything that we were going through um, during that time, she was, she was very strong in all this. And I think she looked at it like, um, you know, we are dealing with a loss of a loved one. Um, and that I was reeling from that. And so she really took the reins, actually, and, and um, was very independent in a lot of that process. And I think maybe that, that, was, that distracted her from her, her feelings, which were otherwise you know, not only the loss of a friend, but also that we weren't, you know, we weren't conceiving. And um, she, 
she went to we went to one clinic, tried a, a process there, didn't work out, and she was very constructive and found another one. And um, there we've had more success. And I think, um, to be honest, I mean, she she took much more of a control or or of the um, ownership of the process. Um, and so, I think that you took some ownership also of attending some of the appointments, doing some of the research, getting involved with the insurance aspect, um, trying to be supportive in some ways. So I don't want to make it sound like you didn't do anything. No, no. So I, I did do the, the, I'd say the insurance and the, and the finance part was um, was one component I, I tried to tackle, and that was, um, that turned into more of a headache than I had anticipated. Uh-huh. Did you give that headache over to her, or did you keep it? Um, I tried to keep it as much as I could, uh-huh. uh, but there were, you know, we we we, we discussed it together and with the insurance company several times. But that was one part of it that I tried to own myself. Right. So I mean, I think the insurance piece of it is not something that comes to mind for many people. People think, oh, it's going to be expensive, but I don't necessarily think they think about the implications financially and dealing with the insurance companies and dealing with the doctor's offices about the payment. I would just say that, I mean, I think that uh, on the finance, the finance part, people just know sort of the headline number, that it is something that can be very expensive. But one thing that we learned and were very surprised about was that even speaking to some of the doctor's offices and insurance companies, it's almost like a black box. These people don't really, a lot of the people that we spoke to couldn't even give us a yes or no answer on whether we were covered. Did you have that experience too? We weren't covered for a lot of it, so we paid the majority out of pocket. Um, We were able to negotiate sometimes with some of the doctors different prices because we had previously done it, Um, but we didn't have a lot of coverage. Did either one of you remember feeling empowered when you were trying to take care of this? Not, of course, frustrated, but empowered in terms of you were taking, you know, helping in one way that maybe your partner who is trying to conceive physically and caring? Yes. Especially you don't have to when say it, yes. It's not definitely. No, but I, I think I did. I probably felt most empowered when actually those conversations became a little contentious with them because <laughs> I felt that was sort of uh, defending her and, and us. Uh-huh. So being a little bit supportive of her too? Exactly. How about you? What do you think? Yeah, I, I guess, you know, whatever I could try and do to, to take things off of her plate. I I tried, you know, um, I think going through this process, um, she, you know, she felt that more of it was on her. So I tried to do as best I could to take, you know, know, I hear that all the time. And that's why I wanted the two of you here. I hear that all the time when people will say it's all on the woman. And it's like, wait a second. What about the man? They're running parallel tracks. Right. You're not on necessarily exactly the same track, but it's it's parallel. You're both started in the same place. You're both going to end in the same place. So how do we sync that up? How do we be sure that the man's getting what he needs as much as the woman's getting what she needs? And I don't think anybody ever gets everything they need in this process. I think it's hard. But you talked about needing support and keeping things a secret, and I'm presenting the word privacy versus secret. Because maybe to you, it felt like a secret. Maybe to her, it just felt like privacy. 
So if we look at those two concepts, right, when you think of the word secret, what do you think of? I guess that, like, we were hiding something, kind of. But when you think of private, it's kind of sinister a little bit, right? When you think of private, what do you think of? I don't know. I I think of more protective. I think it's a little bit more protective of yourself, of your feelings, and what you're going through. And, And so there's a difference, even though... They both are basically the same thing. They're both not sharing information. But there's a different motivation between both. So if it's okay with you, if you use that analogy, that maybe you felt like it was a secret and she felt it was private, maybe that gives us a little insight into what people are going through. If your partner who's who's the female is trying to not tell people about it, she just wants it to be private, and she feels like it's something that she doesn't want to share. But if you feel like you want to talk to people, all of a sudden you feel like it's a secret. And so does that make sense? Does that analogy make sense at all? Yeah. I mean, I, I think um, when when we started this process, it was something that not a lot of people had spoken to us about. We only had this one other friend, which happened to be a close friend of ours, that, that were open to us about the IVF Did you process. talk to people about it initially when you were going through it or at no. any point? Never. Nobody. No, not openly, no. No. Did uh, your girlfriend? No, not that. Uh, maybe to a, a friend of hers, but I'm not even sure of that. And so what happened when you spoke to them? Well, they were, like, like I mentioned before, they were a very important outlet for us. I mean, it's the... the um, less isolation, less much, loneliness. I mean, in sort of every component, they were an outlet for us. I mean, the physical and emotional toll, more for my wife, and then... The financial and, uh, you know, the dealing with the insurance company was something that I spoke to my friend and the husband about. So I have a question, which is, might throw you, I'm not sure. But the question really is, if you could kind of design a program for a man going through this, or if you had somebody sitting right here, like our producer, and let's say he wanted to go um, for fertility with his wife or his girlfriend, what would you tell them? How would you prepare them for it? Like, what would be the takeaways you'd want them to know? I, I guess I, I would say, and I know we have different experiences, and but for, for but that's us. that's the beauty of both of you being here, right. that you did have different experiences, you know, and I, I think that's important because everybody has different experiences in life. Um, and I think, you know, for a couple or if speaking to a, a partner or husband that's, that's looking or, or going to a fertility cl- clinic or looking at that route that, you know, try and understand why you're doing this. I mean, it's it's sort of a very fundamental and simple reason. It's because you want to have a family and you want to have a baby. And it's no more complicated than that. And it's that's obviously a lot easier said than done. But if you just realize that, you know, this is, you, you're working towards something and it's a process. And again, our, our experience is different in that we were fortunate enough to um, for my wife to get pregnant on the second round of IVF. But up until then, it was, you know, it felt like, is this ever going to happen? Because it was over a year. And if you just try and sort of keep a level head, of course, every time you have a loss or you, you miss a cycle, you feel like uh, it's it's sort of a, a punch to the gut. But sort of the next day, dust yourself off and you just do it again. And, and, and it's you know, it's if you try and take perspective that it's it's there's no finality to this that you can keep trying, 
I don't know. It gives you some hope. Mm-hmm. I think um, I would say to, you know, s- to slow down. I feel, I think we were, we got into a, like a race almost to, to get, get through this. Mm-hmm. And um, like you just said, that, you know, there's time. You, you, can, you can try it a number of times. Um, without going through this, um, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of things that you don't know, you know, like unless you research it or, or speak with other people, um, you'll learn that there are a lot of different experiences with it. Right, so we don't know what we don't know. Yeah. I mean, some people You're shaking your head. Yes. Yeah. will have an easier time. Some people will have a very difficult time. Um, and there's a lot of variables along the way that, you know, can throw a wrench into your plans. There are. And then you, the man has to go for testing too, not just the woman. There's a lot that the two of you went through that you probably never thought you would. And that's a piece that I think is important for people to know, that yes, the man still has to go for the genetic testing and for the sperm counts and for, you know, blood work. And they're still there. They're still at the sonograms. They're still at all different kinds of tests that you go through. If there's a miscarriage, they're there through the miscarriage. So there's a lot that the two of you went through that it's interesting to me you're not really talking about, which is fine. You don't need to talk about it, but I think it's kind of quintessential that this is what happens with men. I think that they feel like it's not their body, but they're there, and they're being supported. And last night I was on the phone with a couple where she went through several rounds of... um, of IVF, she had a very, very, very late-term miscarriage, over 20 weeks, 27 weeks, I believe, and they've been through a lot, and now she's pregnant, and she's petrified, and why wouldn't she be petrified? So I was speaking to her and her husband on the phone last night, and she was like, he doesn't understand, and he did understand, but he didn't know how to communicate to her that he understands. And she can't allow herself to be excited because she's too afraid. And he wants to be excited. It's hard because you want your partner to understand what you're going through. And it's just like we talk about those parallel tracks. How did you do it? Do you even know? No, not really. Um. I kind of saw it in action. And I saw the support and the caring that was going on through the process. And um, both of you were very supportive. And both of you needed support, but weren't sure how to talk about it necessarily, right? And so if we look at certain things, you know, there's intellectualizing things, and then there's the emotional component of it, right? So we always say, oh, this person's very highly intellectualized, or this person's very emotional, and we go to the extreme. But the truth is, many times, the person who is not conceiving is the person who becomes very intellectual and tries to give facts and tries to do research because that's empowering to them which is the word that I used before. And so how do you help yourself in that situation? So I suppose before we go, I, w- I just want to know if there's anything else that you'd like to share or to talk to people about. Because we talked about it being a roller coaster. We talked about just taking a deep breath at a point and just saying, okay, we need to not be on this cycle of shots and waiting and looking at our watch and you know taking our temperature and calling the doctor and is it two weeks yet and can we maybe take a test at home and we didn't get into that level of detail but that's what's gone on right 
having a horrible loss and maybe your wife taking the lead because you're in the middle of something and somebody you can't just stop it because that wasn't the life plan. Yeah, I think um, one of the things that I would say or I took away from this is at one point we took a, a break for about a year, mm-hmm. maybe a little more than that. And uh, that was pretty important. I think we got to, you know, go on vacation, relax, not yes. think about it. Um, like, you know, I had said earlier that it had been become so much of our life that it was important to take a step back and, and yeah. live our life. And again. how did it feel once the baby was born now? Because now life is different. But you you went on this like roller coaster ride of highs and lows and hope and counting the number of eggs when you do an IVF and, you know, the shots. And then you took this little break, which was much needed. And you got to know each other the way you used to know each other because it changes the dynamics in the relationship. It has to. And now you have the baby. Yeah. Now it's, it's come full circle, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's incredible now, um, and it's it was worth going through all of that. I, you know, it's just hard at the time to see the finish line. Right. So when you talk about the baby, there's this like glow or this twinkle that comes into your eyes. But when you think about the process, it looks like it's exhausting for you. For for me, it was. I mean, it was. Right. Whereas it when was we exhausting. look at when we look at him, right? I'm sorry to call you him, but when we look at him. <laughs> We don't see that, right? Because it was a shorter process. Yeah, I guess so. We, you know, that's just my observation here. And it makes sense, right? It's logical and it makes sense. If I look back, the um, our first approach, which was to do it naturally for a year, it was, from my perspective, it was fairly relaxed, it was intentional to be relaxed that we just, you know, we don't want to stress about it. We don't want it to consume us. But it was after that miscarriage that maybe I became a little bit more panicked and saying, okay, well, you know, if we, if we want to do this, maybe we do need to do it in a little bit more, um, in, I don't know, invasive, but you know what I mean, a more scientific way, and then look at IUI and IVF. Um, but that period was pretty short by comparison. I mean, we were saying that was between March and, you know, that was like uh, three or so months. Um, and, um, again, I don't know that it made it any less overwhelming though for your partner in some ways. It was just a shorter synopsis of it. So I think getting the medication into the house, figuring out what you take when, I, I think that there was a lot going on, um, with that, but you're right. It was like a snippet compared to other people's experiences but it doesn't take away from your experience no no and i think that's important for people to understand that some people will go through one round and some people will go through 10 or more and it 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 doesn't make it any better or any worse when you're going through it and you're experiencing it and what i hear from both of you which is so important is that you need support you need to be able to talk to people about it you need people to be able to be there for you and sometimes just because of the feelings that your partner's going through, maybe it becomes private to them and a secret to you. And that's a really important takeaway is the support piece. And I think that's what we're having as kind of the overriding theme to our conversation today. 
something for everyone who's going through this that they're going to consider is that you look around and I remember we were seeing friends who were getting pregnant right around the same time and while it was a, a shorter period that we were trying that just compounded sort of the stress or the anxiety that I know my wife had and I think again you just sort of got to keep things sort of in perspective and that it's a process and you stay hopeful. I, I think it's really hard when you see a lot of pregnant women around and you're yeah, trying right. to get pregnant. I think it's heart-wrenching it for many people. Well, and you notice them more. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Oh, I think that's, that's correct. And Facebook is could be a killer for people or Instagram. It's really important to acknowledge that. And then what do you do when you see all these pregnant people? Like, what goes through your mind? Um, I, I think I, what I did was I was worried about my girlfriend's <laughs> yes. I think I could take that part of it better than she could uh-huh. um, you know I could kind of realize you know people are going to get pregnant there's nothing wrong with that or you know doesn't make doesn't really have an effect on us but um, I think she took it a lot harder than I did so you don't get the expression in your head why me you no, just worry, I, like, oh, my, what's she going to do now? How's she going to react now? What am I going to do with that? Yeah, the two of you are nodding and yeah. smiling. <laughs> it, it felt like when we were trying that we were in, a, in, like, an episode of the Twilight Zone where everyone's pregnant because you just you see it. You're so much more sensitive to it. And uh, I agree. I mean, my it's, of course, you know, you see it and you can't help but think, you know, that's that's what we're working towards. But my first thought is, of course, you know, what is my wife thinking right now? It was. So that's really key that that's your first thought. How's she going to react? What's this going to do to her? So what does that make your role? You could say it, guys, honestly, because you both have the same smile on your face and you both look like you're going to burst. <laughs> Trying to focus her attention somewhere else, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. What's the worry? What's the concern that's going to be? What? Oh, that. Do you think she's just going to, like, get too upset for the day and then... You're not sure how to console? Yeah, it's just like added stress and pressure that she doesn't need. What about you? Like, I'm hearing that you're worried about her and her reaction to seeing all these bellies walking around. But what about the two of you? Is the total focus and the total concern just on supporting your partner? I think uh, from seeing pregnant people, yeah, that that was, for me it was. Um, that didn't really affect me the same way that it I know it would have affected her or did affect her seeing pregnant women. So your concern more about was more about her reaction. Yeah, just that it would upset her, you know, that mm-hmm. she's, you know, we're already going through all this and she doesn't need to be upset further. Right, so just all the support and the love that you have for her and wanting this to work and not wanting her to have any more angst related to this situation was hard. Yeah, I mean, at one point we went to Hawaii during the Zika outbreak and every person there was pregnant because <laughs> you couldn't go to the islands. We didn't realize that until we got there. But Yeah. So what did you do? Uh, tried to go to more secluded places <laughs> in Hawaii. <laughs> where I, um, I find sometimes when I have a, a couple... Um, who are going through IVF, and I will uh, talk to them. And then I'll say, well, what about the person who's not trying to get pregnant, right? Whether it's the husband or the boyfriend or the partner, well, how are you doing with it? And you almost see a sigh of relief because people don't ask. 
they don't ask the person who's not getting pregnant. I think they're beginning to. And it's important. And what you're saying now is that you didn't even ask yourself what you need. You're kind of like in self-protection mode. Yeah, I guess so. Of her, not of you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Did you have similar or there was just too much going on with everything else? No, I think before before the, the IVF and IUI rounds where we would where we would see pregnant women or if we were at weddings and there was uh, a group of pregnant women and I, I know that it was it was hard for my wife but I think I was a little bit more vocal in that trying to to give some perspective and say well we don't even know what they went through you're seeing that they're they're pregnant but for all you know they have been trying for a long time and and just again trying to focus on us and and our process and um never mind about the others um Mm -hmm. it's 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 again easier said than done um but it was something that i think we talked about between the two of us pretty openly and and if it was if I ever felt like it was sort of the emotions were boiling over where it became almost too much angst or or stress of what others on your uh, part or on your, your wife's part on my wife's part mm-hmm. um, um, I think it helped both of us it helped me to talk to her about just you know it's almost mm-hmm. like I was coaching myself just try and keep that perspective and again that I think that's a really important part that through talking to her and trying to get her to keep perspective, it helped you to keep perspective. Yes. And one of the things that I talk about um, with people too, I find that they'll tell me they don't want to go to a baby shower or they don't want to go to a wedding. It's just too hard or a first birthday for somebody. And have you, has that impacted you at all where you kind of bow out of activities? Did that happen? With either one of you? There, there were um, a couple instances where um, the the news of friends um, getting pregnant and, and close friends was first you know, overjoyed for them, of course, and then followed by, well, why not us? Right. right. And, it's a big question. Why me? And um, and that was something that I think you know my my wife and I both shared that emotion and we would again just try and sort of coach each other that our our time will come but definitely i mean not specifically avoiding baby showers but just the news of of friends getting pregnant was sort of mixed emotions it is mixed emotions right it's not that you don't want them to be pregnant it's not that you don't want them to have a baby but you want one too no exactly not at i mean again right i mean it's so it it's hard it's a hard time do you remember any of that yeah, um, like something that you said, something you said before, um, that not, I don't know the right way to phrase this, um, I guess not comparing ourselves to other people was important for yes, me. Yes, it was. Uh-huh. Because, you know, like you start seeing all these baby showers and, and like you mentioned before, maybe um, sometimes you know, you don't know what those other people went through, really. And, you know, you tend to think, oh, it was easy for them, no problem. But, you know, because people don't talk so openly about this, we really don't know 
who's gone through this or who had struggles or and for that reason I tried to to you know only worry about ourselves when I could did you have the same experience though that that he described which was trying to keep the perspective when you were calming uh, your girlfriend down and talking to her did you feel like that was helping you as well yeah I think so uh-huh. Yeah, because you're kind of like reassuring yourself as you're assuring her that it's okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> like it works both ways. And then maybe the both of you are on the same track at that point. Yeah. It, it's hard. It really is. Well, thank you both so much for coming in today. I think that this is a hard conversation to have. And um, expressing everything you go through is just difficult because there's so much. And it seems like you both took on the same role in the relationships, which is to try and be there, to keep perspective, and to keep things calm. And I would just like to point out that we want to make sure that the partner is always taken care of, too. So it's not just the person who's going through the injections or getting the injection, but it's the support that they get, and then it's the support that you get for being there. And sometimes we forget that. And so that's why I appreciate the two of you coming in today to talk about this, because we don't want to forget the partner. It's too important. So congratulations on the baby. Thank you. And congratulations on, on being pregnant. Thank you. And having a new addition very soon. Yeah. Okay, thank you both very much. Thank you. If Thanks. anybody has any questions, please feel free to email me at laurimetz.net.